Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. Westplex 107.1, good morning to you. It is BS in the Morning, and Shelly's along. Matter of fact, uh, Shelly just got off of, um, she was over, over at the other, we've got another station that does sports, and she was over at the sports station, uh, and let me think if she's ready to go on here. Shelly, got anything to say? I mean, we're not on the sports station now. We're just on the regular, you know, on Westplex 107.1. Drawback two and punt. Oh, man, there she goes. She's going to get into the sports mode. Man, she just can't get her out of the sports mode. Once you get her onto the you sports station. You just can't get me out of my sports. Um, I love my sports. <laughs> uh-huh. Shelly, 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 Shelly. Brad, 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 Brad. Something, do, I, do my microphone sound funky this morning, or is it just me? Do I sound funky? <laughs> no. How okay. funky is your chicken? Now, what is that from? You say that all the time. What is that? <laughs> Where is that from? It's it's from, uh, I think it's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. The, the movie. Okay. I've never seen that movie either. So. It's it's a, um, it's a, it's a comedy. It's It's been around forever. Yeah. Another movie I've never seen, so we'll just chalk it up. Well, it's not a rom-com, so you probably wouldn't have seen. Although it is kind of a rom-com, a little bit, because she falls in love with her stepbrother. But, yeah. I sound weird. That's what that what someone says. I don't sound weird. Oh, right. I don't think huh. you sound weird at all. I don't know what's going on here. Hold on a minute. Hit my microphone. Do that. I don't know. Hear an echo. Echo. I I do hear the echo. I have no idea what's going on. Is that coming through your headset? I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. No, I mean, do you hear it? Do I hear what? The echo. I don't know. Here, hold on a minute. Let me do something. Okay, let me do this. Hold on, I'm going to do something. Okay. Eh, it still doesn't sound right. I don't know what it is. Maybe my microphone's gone bad. Let me do one more thing. Hold on. Da, da. Let me do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do that. I don't know what it is. Something's not right. Okay. Well, we'll just move on down the road and just see what the heck happens, right? Uh, Absolutely. It, it is Tuesday. <laughs> you know. Woohoo! I tell you what. The deal, what's going on with Trump and the COVID-19 thing... I think this is driving the wedge even further between the people that love them and the people that hate them. You know what I mean? I mean it's to the point where, I, and, and not only that, it's to the point where I think like the entire media now is going like, he's, he's done, he's done with, he's, 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 he's done. Yeah, because I believe anything that comes out of their mouth, not. Well, you know, I mean, they're, they're, here. Do you know who they this... have been nothing but attacking this man and on the Joe Biden train and none of them are even talking about the possibility of Joe Biden having some sort of dementia. But yet they sit there and they talk about Trump like he's he's parsley instead of the president of the United States. I have a problem with that. Let me see if I can find this article. Um, there's a lady and this is sort of interesting there's this lady um, who, and I've heard her on NPR before. Amazing how that sounds. And she's supposedly the conservative voice of the Washington Post. She's like the, 
I don't know what her, what her name is. Um, let me find this. It was all over the news yesterday, where she came out and she said that the United that 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 uh, we should defund Walter Reed Medical Center. Okay, we're going to defund the police. Now we're going to defund the Walter Reed Medical Center uh, because. Did she say why? Um, I'm saying find it. I mean, I mean, I, some of this stuff is like it's like just crazy stuff, and I'm going like, okay. You know, and and you think I'm 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 weird because I want to defund KWMU. Uh, I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, okay, why would you want to defund Walter Reed Medical Center, which is where all these unfortunate, um, you know, unfortunately wounded veterans come back to? You know, this is like the the super duper uh, place where all the the you know the guys and gals who've lost limbs, uh, who've been you know tremendously badly injured in combat and things like that. And this lady says, defund the hospital. I'm going like. So I wonder why. I wonder if it's because her doctors wouldn't answer the questions that they were asked. Did you see that when the doctors came out and the press were surrounding them and the whole care team came out? You didn't see that yesterday? No, I didn't see. Let me see if I can find this. It was on Facebook. Let me see if I can find this thing where this this, is she's like. And what's interesting is I heard her on NPR and they hired her. I mean, you you know, your newspaper is biased when you purposely hire somebody to be conservative, the conservative voice. You know what I mean? It's sort of like it's sort of like how would be a good example. It's sort of like being like, um, you know, that that uh, the city of St. Louis, you know, a crime problem when you hire someone who's come on and say, crime problem? We don't have a crime problem. There's no crime problem in the city of St. Louis. Nobody ever gets shot. We don't, we don't have any problems. There's no Yeah, Florissant used to do that when I was in, Washington you know, Post. in my 20s, and it was the way that they classified their crimes. Defund uh, Walter Reed. Because I'm going like. I wonder if it's because of the way that the, the the doctors answered their questions. Because the news was really on his he what are his oxygen saturations and is he on supplemental oxygen? And the doctor said he is currently not on supplemental oxygen. Well, okay, and here then, it is. but it's not what we asked. What we asked was, has he been on supplemental oxygen? And the doctor smiles and says. He is not on supplemental oxygen now. This went on for like five minutes. Well, but but see, once again, it's just like here, here, here. Here's the story: Washington Post columnist Jennifer Rubin blasted the medical team at Walter Reed National Military yep. uh, Medical Center Monday, going as far as calling for defunding of the hospital after President Trump announced he would return to the uh, White House that evening. Okay. Um, it, and she said, uh, Trump's medical team, blah, 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 blah. Rubin responded with a tirade blasting the president, who she called a, quote, menace to everyone around you and the doctors. Now, keep in mind, she works for the Washington Post, okay? She's supposedly like, you know, I mean, once again, hey, look. I have a useless college degree. It's called a journalism degree. Journalism doesn't exist anymore. It's just, it's just dead. And to the point where whenever you say, you know, like, but it's up to you, the ones with the paper to get up and uh, change that. But you can't because of the fact that here's here's what she says. Okay. Here's her, this is her tweet. Okay. Once again, she's a reporter for the Washington Post. So she's tweeting. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. She said in another tweet, quote, 
A 74-year-old obese man with COVID who might have lung damage and a pattern of disregarding medical advice is returned to an environment in which he may infect others. What planet does Conley inhabit? Where is the rest of Walter Reed, the VP? They are remarkable cowards. This is the lady who works for the Washington Post. She's she's a she's a journalist. I mean, like, you know, once again, this would be like like this would be like last week. This would be like, uh, you know, Chris Wallace saying, Mr. Trump, you're a you're an embarrassment to our country. Shut up and let and let John or let Joe Biden talk. People go, what? He's not supposed to say things like that. He's supposed to be an impartial moderator of the debate. You know what I mean? Oh, God. It's just well, it is true. Trump wouldn't shut the hell heck up. Anyway, the whole thing's crazy stuff. You know, I mean, I don't. You know, here here's what we should do: we should just cancel the election because Joe's already won. You know, we just we know he's you know Trump doesn't have a chance. Just cancel the election. Um, don't you think? Yeah, just have it over with. No, just I think Trump has a chance. No, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a snowball. What are the second and third debates? He doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. He's done. Okay. Blah blah blah. Well, tomorrow, where to- are the sec- where are the second and third debates? And when is the vice president's bait you know, spin off? Uh that's tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh it is? Oh no, no, that's no, that's that's the presidential debate. Tomorrow night? Yeah, the presidential What de- about the vice president debate? Oh, no, no, no. You see, what you what you don't understand is tomorrow night's the debate because of the fact that once Joe Biden's elected, then after like, you know, a couple days or maybe 24 hours, he'll resign and then Kamala will take over as president. So tomorrow, even though they're calling it the vice president debate, that's actually the presidential debate. You know, it's sad, but <laughs> I kind of agree. That's the debate right there. Okay. And I don't agree with you very often. What? 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 <laughs> what? Hold on a minute. You There's know, a lot of dead air on this radio station for me not agreeing with you. Let me try something here. I don't know. Something's not right. Hold on. This microphone thing's driving me nuts. I don't know what's going on. Kind of like your prostate? Yeah, like my prostate. How'd you guess? Hold on a minute. <laughs> don't... Don't go away. Let me do this. Here, I'm going to... Okay, I'm just... Well, while he's playing... So, how did everybody's day go yesterday? I personally had such a good day. It's been a long time since I've had such a lovely time. Okay, how do I sound now? I probably sound really weird now, don't I? I'm on a different... You sound just like you did before. No, I sound totally different. Okay, I'm going to do the show with this microphone this morning and see what happens. Uh, And we'll just uh, see what... Move on down the road. And, you know, do I have two microphones here, though? I'm not sure if I do or not. Well, um, you do if you switch one out. That's two. No, I know. I'm trying to think if I've got another one that works here. Um, anyway. <laughs> How, how's that? Is it the hard one? How's that confidence in the equipment? We'll have to see if I have another one that works. You know, because... I uh, actually have it. You gave it to me. You have my white microphone that works? Uh-huh. How's that possible? Okay, hold on one more time. you gave it to me. Let me see. I got mic one, mic two... Uh, mic, mic one, pot number two, mic two, pot number three. Hold on just a minute, okay? I'm going to try one Hold other thing. thing. I'm going to try one other thing here. <laughs> Listeners are going like, what the hell's going on with this stupid show this morning? Hold on. Okay, while he's doing that. Okay. Let, I'm sorry, can I talk? 
No, you can't talk. Okay, yes. Here, I'm on a different now. Now, what do you think? Does this one sound better now? Brad, you sound like you did before. No, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay, let's just go with this one and see what happens. <laughs> is it the first one? No, 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 no. This is a different microphone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with this and uh, play it by ear and see what the hell happens here. Play it by ear. See what you did there. It is 626. <laughs> Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. I am Shelly. She is Brad. And together we are on the radio. I got this this morning, Shelly. You know you know how you get these these surveys that you know it says like, hey, this is where you rank. This is where your state ranks. You know what I'm talking about? No. You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't. This is a survey that ranks the fewest restrictions, the fewest COVID-19 restrictions. Okay. And so in other words, if you're number one, your state has the absolute positive lowest number of COVID-19 restrictions put in place by the state government. And in this case, if you're ranked number well, that's 50, not us. No, no, it's interesting. If you're ranked 51st, because what they do is they include the District of Columbia. So there's actually 51 rankings. So guess who is the number one who has the least number of COVID-19 restrictions? The state. Um, Wyoming? Utah? Uh, you're close. Uh, Wyoming, Wyoming is right in front of us. Uh, but the number one state is South Dakota. Uh, the, huh. here's, here's the top 10, the top 10. And once again, this is by, this is by lowest, fewest restrictions. In other words, uh, number one, meaning there's the fewest. And as you go down from number one, there's more and more and more restrictions. Okay. So number one is South Dakota. Two is Idaho. Three is Utah. Four is Oklahoma. Five is Iowa. Six is Wisconsin. Seven is Wyoming. Eight is Missouri. Nine really? is, yes. Nine is North Dakota. 10 is Arkansas. Now, if you go way down the line there, Illinois is 23. Guess who has the most restrictions? Let's do the let's do the bottom the bottom California. Bottom 5. Believe it or not, California is on this chart. This California is it's not it's surprising because I was sort of surprised at where they're at. Where were they? Their California is What um, would it be Vegas? No, no, no. Okay, here's the bottom five. Okay, the bottom five. So, in other words, these have the most restrictions. Colorado is 46. New Jersey is 47. Maine is 48. Massachusetts is 49. California is 50. And Hawaii is 51. So, those are those have the most yeah, restrictions. I kind of knew about Hawaii because... If you travel to Hawaii, they want you to quarantine for 14 days yeah. in your hotel room before you can get out. But you know what? And I and Most I th- people's trips are 14 days. Well, but I thought about that. But yet, you know what the problem with that is? You know, think about that for a minute. Okay. So you land Talk at the airport. Talk to your girl, Telsey. No, no, no. You land at the airport and then they say, okay, you got to quarantine for 14 days. Okay. So how do you get from the airport to your hotel? You're going to walk through the you airport. Uber with a mask well, and but, sanitizer. But once again, you're exposing the Hawaiian people. You know, in other words, you get off the plane, you walk through the, you know, get off the jetway, you walk through the airports. You're exposing people in the airport to to whatever you have. Uh, you get on, you know, however you go from the, you know, the the uh, airport to your hotel, Uber, taxi, yeah, but it shuttle bus. Itself until about three or four days. That's why they tell you if you've been exposed but to take the test in I, four days, I four or five. I understand what you're saying, but my point is that you're exposing people already to the virus, if you have it. 
by just by just being on the island or the one of the islands. Get what I'm saying? In other words, when, yeah. you, when you get off yeah. the plane, you're you're in exposure risk risk to people in Hawaii. So and and like like you said, if you're going to go there for vacation, most people are going to do like a week. You know, maybe two weeks. I mean, if you gotta, if you gotta, if you gotta hole up in your hotel for two weeks, what are you gonna do? Go swim for you know day fifteen, and then day sixteen you go back home. I mean, I yeah, pretty much. I don't quite understand that one. So, but now, now here's the other. I thing. mean, I understand why they're doing it because it's a closed off, you know, piece of property, right? You know, and you can go anywhere that you want outside of the islands as long as it's you know the water. Okay, but so here's really? here's another one of the graphs. Okay, this this is this stuff I got. This is this COVID nineteen. Now this is death rate versus restrictions. Okay, so if you compare the death rate to the restrictions, we're ranked thirty eighth as far as the death rate is concerned. Why is that? I, that's I, I'm just telling you what the numbers are. So oh, in other words, no, we're ranked. Let me, let me we're, think why that is. We're ranked because they're starting to test, and a lot of tests are positive, negative. No. It's just, in other words, we're ranked 38th. So, in other words, we're ranked 8th as far as Missouri, 8th as far as the restrictions are concerned, and 38th as far as the number of deaths. So, you know, I guess you could say, okay, we don't have that many restrictions, and we're not like the, you know, like the death capital of the United States as far as COVID-19. Obviously, if you if you right. look at if you look at those, those are are pretty much all the uh, the uh, the 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 northeast states, uh, Vermont, Maine, New Jersey, New York. Um, those are all the high death rate states as far as 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 you know because and see on one on the one chart. You know, obviously, with restrictions. Don't they have really um, strict rules in in uh, New York and New Jersey? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But that's where all the that's where all the deaths are. See, that's the interesting part of it. Is is the part of it is is the the, the you know now people would say and it couldn't be the amount of people the demographics of the place well no no what they're saying i think if you can interpret the things this way they're essentially saying look the states that have the highest death rate also have the highest restrictions because they're trying to restrict things matter of fact it was big news yesterday that uh they're sending some of the kids back to school uh but now i think in, in brooklyn um, that the mayor has decided, no, we're not. Gonna, we're going to send the kids back home again because apparently they've had some some uh, you know infections in some of the schools. So now they're going. Nope, we're going back to virtual again. So uh, you know, high, very high. Uh, and and see once again, which it, really sucks for these kids. Well, you know, I mean, how would you like? I you know the grade school kids and things like that. But how would you like to be in high school? How would you like? How would you like to have like last year? You know, like the class of of two thousand, their their senior year. How would you like to have that been your senior year? You know, like you know what being virtual. Yeah, because they never it went. It would be horrible. They never went back to you school. You know, and then at least they're doing drive by graduations or something. <sighs> Tiffany was supposed to graduate her uh, nursing school in right. April. Yeah, and of course we had COVID. Right. She was supposed to um, have you know be able to walk. A couple weeks later, they canceled that. They rescheduled it for the 19th of September, and that comes and goes, and they've officially canceled it. So this class, the 2020 class of anything, will not get a graduation. I think that's unfair. I think they should just take their degrees back, to tell you the truth. I think they should just say, okay, well, you know what? you you got to go back to school. you got to start over again. you got to do the whole thing over. 
No, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I think that would be very fair. <laughs> I think Tiffany would agree with me. She'd say, Brad, what a great idea. I'll start all no, over. I don't think that's what with she my, would say. With my nursing degree. <laughs> yeah, I'll start from the from scratch. Because she was, she was really upset that she didn't get to walk. You know, she'd be the first person, first female in five generations that was able, well, first of all, to get a degree. And then second of all, to graduate high school and... Um, to get her to get her bachelor's and she wasn't even able to walk she had her little cute hat cap and gown and anyway at least on my mom's generation side okay 640 uh, what was what can i read my clock was it 644 644 644 westplex 107.1 it is bs in the morning i am shelly she is brad web address is bs the morning dot show uh don't forget the station address is westplex 1071.com we've got lots of sponsors for the morning show now we've got our original uh salt river automotive we picked up angie harness and uh, we'll be uh, detailing even more sponsors as we move through the coming days right shelly Absolutely. Uh, what, what I was going to tell you this. Uh, let me think. Let me find this. I just saw this. Um, he, he, the the latest CNN poll came out that like Biden's 14, uh, 14 points in front of, of, of Trump. Do you believe that? Well, of course, CNN would say that. <laughs> well, you, you know what always cracks me up about this is is and, and this is sort of like with the way Nielsen. I don't they don't do it anymore. But this is the way they used to rate TV. The entire country is decided by 1,100 people. They have a national... Like the Electoral College. Well, no, 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 no. It's totally different from that. But the, the, no, the, it's the, not. No, the... The, 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 the popular le- vote doesn't mean anything. It's decided by 12 people. No, we're talking about... What? Decided by 12 people? What? What are you talking about? That's what you just said. No, I said I said the, the entire country has... What I don't know, three hundred thirty million people, and the ratings on the TV are 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 based on eleven hundred people. So it's like okay, and and if you ever talk to anybody who's in, into statistics, they'll always give you the the bowl of marbles speech. Have you ever heard this before? No. Are you into statistics? No, 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 no. But but this is what this but is what you're going to share this with me. Well, this is what they tell you. If you have <laughs> if you have like a fish bowl that's filled with marbles. And some of the marbles are black and some of the marbles are white. Okay, but they're not the same. They tell you that up front. They said there's a dissimilar number of the black and the white marbles. And they say that if you dip your hand into the, you know, the, the fishbowl the of, the of fish marbles bowl. and you pull out a handful and you count. And if you do that so many times, you will know the exact proportion of the blacks to whites in the fishbowl and that's what they'll always tell you and the yeah but they never let you touch the fishbowl ever have you been drinking this morning no <laughs> what does that have to do with anything <laughs> they because won't let you touch the fishbowl yeah you know the fishbowl if you dip, put your fishbowl you know your hand in the fishbowl yeah you can eventually come out with you know you can decipher how many blacks versus whites well it's statistics yeah, I understand it's statistics, but they never, I mean, have you ever seen Count the Marbles? And have you ever let any seen anybody let somebody sit there and put their hand in and count the marbles in their hand? No. 
I think our show has officially gone off the rails. I have no I'm idea. just responding to I, I what no you said. I have no idea what you're Brad. talking about. Count the marbles. What? What? They won't you let just, you. Okay, forget it. Never you, mind. You I'm, said, you I'm said, well, they won't. off base. You, Let's you, rewind. You said they won't let you chart, touch the marble. Uh, they the, don't. The bowl. They never let you do. Okay, I'm lost. And by the way, the smartest started this. The smartest woman in the world says that stop getting your facts from uh, from Facebook because she says that the number one are that as of September first they don't have the fourteen day uh, um, uh, what do you call it the fourteen day uh, what do you call it you have to quarantine quarantine for, they, they don't have the fourteen oh, day Hawaii? quarantine in Hawaii anymore. I actually just got that got that got that statistic from tiffany because her and her groom were going to plan to go to hawaii to see some friends and they had to change their plans because they were only going to be down there for like five days and you have to quarantine for 14 so they had to change their plans yeah, that's you know, that, i didn't get that one off facebook i got that one off tiffany well supposedly that's not even the thing anymore that they've changed that it's not 14 well, i'm glad days they did that so it's it not must be telsey it's now 28 days <laughs> It's 6.15. Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She is Brad. Good morning to you. Glad to have you along. 7.08. Shelly. Brad. I think for once in your life, you're going to be right. And the smartest woman in the world is going to be wrong. Why? I looked this up. And I'm right now on the HawaiiTourismAuthority.org website. And this is supposedly the official uh, website for the state of Hawaii as far as tourism is concerned. And it's the darndest thing I've ever seen. They've got two flow charts on here that are like, okay, I'm like, you know, and like it starts at the top, book travel, book flight, and then HawaiiTravel.gov. Okay, long story made short is that they still have the 14-day self-quarantine, and this is what it says. All individuals, both residents and visitors, arriving from out of state to Hawaii are still subject to a mandatory 14-day self-quarantine. But as of October 15th, which is nine days from today, um, they have what they call the pre-travel testing program. Um, And travelers who, upon entry into the state, provide written confirmation from a state-approved COVID-19 testing facility of a negative test result from a test administered to the traveler within 72 hours from the final final leg of departure departure will be exempt from the 14-day mandatory quarantine. So if you, like let's say as of October 15th, if you're going to fly to Hawaii, let's say you're going to fly on a Friday, so 72 hours would be three days. In other words, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, if you went to a lab here in Missouri and you got, and I've never heard this, this it's called the NAA test, N-A-A-T test. Have you ever heard this before? I have not. It's the FDA authorized nucleic acid amplification test, the NAAT, uh, from a certified CLIA lab. I guess, I don't know what, that's some certification board. Anyway, you have to get a NAAT from a certified CLIA lab. And you have to get it within 72 hours of showing up in Hawaii. And once you show up in Hawaii and you show them this test, this is as of October 15th, then you don't have to go to the 14-day mandatory uh, quarantine. But as of right this moment, if you fly to Hawaii, you got to hang out in your hotel room. You got to quarantine for 14 hours. I mean, excuse me, 14 days. 14 hours wouldn't be tough. 14 days before you can go outside. So... God, this is crazy. 
You know, I mean, it really is nuts. I'm just so done with the whole thing. You know, me too. I mean, I'm done with this. I'm done with protests. Well, even even to the point where protesting that is is killing our industry. Well, uh, killing businesses. Okay, I'm tired of that. We're into fourth quarter now, officially. Okay, so yes, which means, and already I'm hearing people. I'm hearing businesses talk about, well, we're not exactly sure we're going to get back to normal until third or fourth quarter of next year. I'm going, oh, my God. I've heard that as well. Oh, God. That just, you know, already I told you our our convention, you know, they canceled the broadcasters yep. convention from yep, April of 2020. They've already canceled the April 2021 convention. Gone. Not going to be in Las Vegas. I don't won't have my chance to go to Las Vegas, you know. Isn't that terrible? Oh, sniffle. You can always go to Florida and see your son. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't know if he's coming home from Christmas or not. I'll, I'll probably make another trip down there this um, um, this Christmas. You know, that boy needs to come and see his mother. I told I told somebody the other day about going to see my son. Oh, he spent a week down there. No, I spent a night with him. What do you mean you spend a night? I said, well, I drive down Christmas Eve. I leave at 6 o'clock in the morning. We've done this for the past three times I've gone down there. I leave early in the morning. I get into Pensacola. It's about a 12-hour drive. Get into Pensacola at about 6. Meet up with him at his place. We go to eat at, at because there are not a lot of places open, and the places open are packed. We go to eat at Outback, which is also packed. We have to, usually have to wait like 45 minutes or so. Um, and once again, I'm thinking to myself, okay, how different is that in St. Louis? Can you, are there any restaurants in St. Louis that are open on Christmas Eve besides Chinese restaurants? I mean, there's nobody that's open here. I mean, you know, I, and, and think about that for a minute. Everybody's like, oh, um, everybody. Barrel's open. No, they're not open on Christmas Eve. Here, make a note of that. I, and I, I, I uh, there's, hey, trust me, because there have been times when, you know, me being the single dude where I have gone like, man, I, I want to go eat something on Christmas Eve and there's no place open. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, and when you think about it on Christmas Eve, think about this year, put, put a note in your, in your, in your little notebook there to, you know, you know, consciously think about this. When you go from place to place, when we get to the holidays, everybody's got the sign on the door. We'll close early on Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, like, you know, or, you know, well, I shouldn't say that Thanksgiving is the one of the, the biggest bar nights of, of the world, but, um, on Christmas, <laughs> yeah. it, it all everybody says we'll close early on. You know, we'll close at noon on on Christmas Eve and won't open again until uh, you know the twenty sixth. You know, I mean, and we go down there, and the interesting thing is, there's quite a few restaurants that are open, and they're all packed. So anyway, go down there on Christmas Eve, eat dinner with him, go back to my hotel room because you know heaven knows I can't stay in his garage uh, because that's where he usually has me. So, <laughs> so. And you think I'm getting to anyway. So then I drive Isn't back. Is that next where day. he lives? Yeah, he lives in a garage. Yeah. Yeah. My son lives in a garage. People go like, what? I go, no, it's serious. a pretty nice garage. Though, and is it I'm not? thinking to myself, the first time I saw it, I thought to myself, this is the ultimate place to live. I'm going like, he has no bedroom. He has a two car garage. That's where he lives. And people are going like. Is that legal? Well, apparently in Pensacola it is because that's where he lives. I don't know if, I don't know if they do occupancy permits or stuff like that, but yeah, he lives in a two-car garage. He's got a he's got a little area, he's got a little kitchen area and little, you know, laundry area and that's pretty much it. And he sleeps on the hood of his car. Oh, he does not. He does. He sleeps on the hood of his car. Oh, he does not. He does. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm telling you. 
See, that's the life. I mean, if 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 you if you ask me my ideal situation right now, I would say. As a matter of fact, I heard some guy the other day talk about this, and and um, there's this guy on ninety seven one. Uh, I've talked about this from time to time. Uh, the guy's name is Del Wamsley. Okay, and the story is he runs this company called lifestyles unlimited or something like that and you join and you learn how to invest in real estate okay okay uh-huh. i have no problem with people people making a lot of money you know i really don't i mean if you can you know trump you know you know if he's if he's a billionaire i want him to be a trillionaire i have no problem with that but what i have a problem with is the people who are rich, like this Del Wamsley guy, who complain about, well, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. I have a 15,000 square foot house, and there's something that always needs to be fixed. And then my koi pond, I'm going back to my koi pond, and I have to fix this at the koi pond. And my 22-car garage, you know, there's always a door that doesn't quite work quite right. And there's a lot of stuff. I'm thinking, dude. Don't tell me this. You know, don't, don't, you know, I mean, don't tell me how tough it is to have a 15,000 square foot house and have a 22 car garage and have a koi pond. I'm going like, I don't want to hear it. You know, I mean, that's like, that's like to the point where it's like, uh, you know, if you got that kind of stuff, don't complain, be proud of it. Just say, yeah, man, you know, I worked hard. Once upon a time, I was making, you know, I was living in a $200 a month, uh, you know, apartment. And now I got, you know, a 15,000 square foot house and I got a 22 car garage. And man, life's good. Okay, great. I don't have a problem with that. But don't, you know, it's just like, you know, the person I'm talking about. There's a guy here in the radio business, you know, in St. Louis who makes more money than anybody. And if you talk to him, you'd think the guy's living in a shed, you know, somewhere, you know. In a he shed. <laughs> right. Living in a, a shed, house. you know, like a 10 foot by 10 foot shed, you know, behind a, you know, a used car dealership, you know, I mean, like with no water and no heat and no air, you know, and yet this guy has a place, you know, he has two condos at the Lake of the Ozarks. He has a place in Palm Springs. He has a helicopter, his own helicopter. He has, I don't know how many cars. At one point in time, he had not one, not two, but three three Rolls Royces. And yet, if you talk to this guy, well, you know, things are really tough for me. I, I can't believe that. It's just, it just I, I don't know. I don't know how I get by from day to day. Dude, you know, you know, take a reality pill and look around and, and you're like, you're like top 1%. Top 1%. Don't give me this life is tough for you stuff. You know what I mean? I'd rather have somebody, I'd rather have somebody who's, who's rich come out and say, yeah, I'm rich. If I want to go buy a new car, if I want to go to the Mercedes dealer, I just go down to the Mercedes dealer and I'll take that one. And I call my banker and I go, hey, you know, uh, wire the money over to this dealership. Yeah, it's $89,000. Just wire that money over. And, you know, bang, you know, the Mercedes dealership. Oh, yep, sir, we just got your money in our account. Okay, fine. Here's the keys. See you, bye. You know, I have no problem with that. You know, if, if, if you've worked hard, um, you know, knock yourself out. If you live in the nice area, you know what? Knock yourself out. I don't, I don't care, but I care when people like got the, you know, the life and they complain about it. You know what I mean? And they start belly aching. Oh God. And last night I'm listening to the NPR and, you know, and I have to tell you, I'm so sick and tired of hearing this mail-in voting stuff, you know, and they're, you know, they're talking about the will, you know, the problem is that the post office is not, you know, I'm going, okay, first off, just like, just like you can start vote. I mean, you can vote in Missouri, um, I think, as of last week or the 1st of October, and you can take your ballot and you can physically drive it to 
um, a couple locations. Matter of fact, you can take your ballot and drive it to the uh, what used to be the old famous bar store at Northwest Plaza, which is now the, the one of the county government offices. You can take it there, walk in the door, and put it in a ballot box. Okay, so you don't have to worry about the fact that. A, you don't have to worry about going to the polls with COVID-19. B, you don't have to worry about it not being delivered through the mail. C, you know, you walk in, you know, there's 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 nobody around you. You put your ballot in a little box and you walk out. And I'm going like, okay, so what's the problem? And yet you listen to NPR and they're like, oh, the mail-in voting. Oh, it's so terrible. You know, Trump's telling all the postmen to take the rest of the year off so nobody can deliver mail and if you put it in the mailbox it'll never go out of the mailbox it'll stay in your mailbox and it'll never be picked up by the postman i go okay why don't you just show up at the polls on november 3rd and just solve the whole problem right but yet there are people oh they're not going to do that because they'll get COVID 19 I'm not afraid of COVID-19 going to the polling places, are I, you? I, no, but see, it's, I, voted in, I voted in August. I didn't have any problem. You know, I mean, there were like five or six people in front of me. You know, we all socially distanced. You know, I went up to a little place. They had the, you know, the plexiglass between me and the, you know, the, the, the lady who, you know, took my, my, you know, ID. And, you know, and then she gave me the thing and I went and filled it out and ran through the machine and left. And was like, okay, that was easy. You know, I mean, no big deal. You know, it wasn't like I'm going, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sick after I go vote today. I just don't get it. You know, now here, I do have a solution. I do have a solution. And, and this is a solution. Now the push is to make Election Day a national holiday. OK, so here's my solution. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't heard this before? It's been talked no. about for a long time. Either that, some some countries have their elections on the weekend. They have the elections on Saturday with the idea being that people don't have to work. But they're now saying, well, it's terrible because people can't get off. I don't know of too many jobs that if you go to your boss and you say, hey, boss, can I have an hour off to vote? And most, you know, most places are going to go, yeah. Some places are going to say, we're not going to pay you for that. But yeah, you can take an hour off. But here's my suggestion. Since Christopher Columbus is, we took his statue down here in St. Louis, and everybody hates Christopher Columbus now. And we all, we hate, you know, because of that, we now hate all Italians. Italians are not welcome in this country. Do you know that? We're, they're going to round, round up all the He's, he's They're, they're going to round up all the Italians and send them back to Italy. Uh, no, since we do not like Christopher Columbus anymore, just repurpose that day and just take that off the calendar as Columbus Day. Just call it Election Day. So we don't add another stupid holiday in. We just take a holiday that nobody likes anymore because it's, you know, this, this terrible racist dude named Christopher Columbus, which we had to take his, his, his uh, you know, his uh, um, um, statue down in the city of St. Louis in the middle of the night, you know, because, you know, we can't just say we're going to take the Christopher Columbus statue. Down. No, we have to do it secretly and take it down. And who knows where it's at right now. Uh, but we just repurpose that day. So the new uh, new holiday is the first Tuesday in in every year we have that. The only problem is in off years you'll have a, a you know a a, um, a day when there is no election because there won't be an election on the first Tuesday in 2021, but there will be in 2022 and then 2024 and 26 and so forth and so on. So what do you think? Sounds good to me. Election day holiday, and that way nobody can complain. Oh, I had to work that day. No, it's a holiday. Well, I always got off. Um, for a couple hours to um, a couple hours to vote, the government gives you that. 
But, and, and I see most private employers will do that, too. Every place if I've... they're big, uh, yeah, I, I would think they would. No, every place I've always worked. And even me, my company, you know, I mean, you know, when I've had, uh, you know, one point in time, I had 30 people that worked for me. And, you know, if somebody said to me, hey, man, I, you know, I need, I need two or three hours, go, go vote. Hey, knock yourself out. Do what you got to do. No problem. Take whatever time you need, you know? I mean, I never had a problem with that, you know? I, I and And... You know, I get it that like if you're a nurse or, or you know, you know, like a police officer or something like that, it's not like you can just say, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, a dispatch, put me 10-7 at the polling place. I'm going to be out of the car for a, an hour to vote. 10-4. Yeah, out of the car, 10-7 and 10-76, KBG 234. How did I do? Oh, you did amazing. <laughs> Your renditions of what could possibly be are just breathtaking. I didn't give my proper call letters. <laughs> my four transmitters I used to have to identify. How weird is this? I've done this before. I still can't. I can't believe I can remember this. When I, my police dispatching days, we had four transmitters, and back in the day, we had to identify the transmitters every half an hour, or whatever. Carry five six nine, KTS six zero six, KCZ nine twenty four, and Carry five six nine. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Get that one twice. WBG 434. How do I remember that? How do I remember? You remember that? your d- first driver's license, Brad? No, my first How credit do you card. Remember half the my stuff first card. My first credit card number four six seven two six five zero 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 nine zero four eight. That was my first credit card number. And what's interesting? I is, actually used to remember mine. I, I was pretty good. But the, what's crazy? Back in the day, there was less digits. They added more digits to the credit card numbers. Now there's uh, what sixteen? There used to be, I think, twelve. Four six seven two six five zero 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 nine zero four eight. Yeah, there are twelve. And now there's sixteen. I think it's four groups. Isn't that what it is? Four groups of four. Here, let me grab a credit card and look. Pretty sure that's the way it is right now. On most credit cards, it's four groups of four. Uh, so it's sixteen digits here. Let's look at this one. Let's look at my gold. Or should I? I mean, let me pull my cards out. I've got my uh, Calvin Klein credit card here. I've got my Plaza Frontenac credit card here. I've got my Saks Fifth Avenue. I've got my my Nordstrom's credit card. Do you believe me, Shelley? <laughs> I do believe you have a Nordstrom's credit card. Yes. I do not. Sixteen digits. Sixteen digits. You know why they built Nordstrom stores? You ever hear this story? You know why they built Nordstrom stores here in St. Louis? No. Their research said that that they they you know I I don't know they're probably not building new anymore new Nordstrom stores Nordstrom stores but back in the day their research said that they looked at locations they looked at cities that had the most number of Nordstrom credit cards but did not have a Nordstrom store so these people traveled to other cities and they had a Nordstrom card and when they went to I and mean, that was that was St Louis. They had the most number, by far, there was the most number of Nordstrom credit credit cards in the St. Louis area when there were no Nordstrom stores here. So they decided, well, we got lots of Nordstrom customers already there. We'll build a store, and they will come. And they did. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay, it is uh, 726. Don't forget, we want to thank our sponsors of BS in the Morning Show. Uh, two we've got going right now. We'll add more. We'll put them on the website. But right now, uh, Angie Harness, uh, Keller Williams, this is the market right now. If you own a house, you want to sell it, she's the lady. You want that's to buy true. a house. It's a buyer's market. No, it's a seller's market. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's that's a seller's market, around. right? Yes. Yes. And if you have a house that you want to buy, she'll be more than happy to represent you as a buyer's agent. Also, Salt River Automotive. 
your car, you know, clinks and clanks like Shelly's car. And, you know, you don't want to drive behind <laughs> Shelly's car because clink, there's parts that fall it off. It's never done like that. <laughs> I mean, she has been right on the money. She, I mean, when I took her over to complete AB, she was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that was after you ran it uh, with uh, with uh, uh, you know, and I said to Shelly, I said, Shelly, do you change oil in the car? And she goes, I religiously every three years. Oh my God! I don't <laughs> change the oil. I change the oil when it says first it says nicely, you know, look at your oil change, and then it says you need to change your oil now. Well, I'm paraphrasing, but something like that. Yep, seven twenty-seven. Westplex 107.1. I'm wondering who that song's by. Um, I guess maybe I have to go back and listen to the beginning of it where I think he says his name. Jason Dorillo. <laughs> yes. 736. Good morning. Hey, music-wise, something happened yesterday. Actually, something didn't happen, which turned into a big deal yesterday. And it involved, we got so much stuff going on with government and stuff like that. And it involved the Supreme Court. You know about this? No. Supreme Court refuse to hear a case which means that led zeppelin won you're probably going what led zeppelin won there's been a case which has been going on um, a copyright infringement case for six years it's been going on in the court system of the united states and essentially uh, a guy by the name of randy wolf he was in a band called spirit and his real name, well, his real name is Randy Wolf. He, he performed under the name of Randy California, and he drowned in 1997. And you're going like, okay, so he's dead. Well, his a trustee for his estate sued Led Zeppelin, claiming that the beginning of the song of Stairway to Heaven, you know, that da 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 you know what I'm talking about, yeah, the guitar part, yeah. Stairway to Heaven, that they ripped that off from Spirit, which Randy Wolf or Randy California, depending upon which, you know, which name you use. Uh, and it was a psalm called Taurus. And this trustee claimed that Led Zeppelin, get this, this is how things change. Led Zeppelin was the opening act for Spirit on a U.S. tour in 1968. So in 1968, Spirit was the big name. And Led Zeppelin was this little upcoming band that nobody had heard of before, and they opened for for uh, Spirit. So they claimed that since Led Zeppelin was on the same tour, and they heard this song Taurus, they took the beginning of the song of Taurus and made it into Stairway to Heaven. And this has gone through the uh, court system for six years, and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the yesterday, the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to take this case, which means that the last court it was appealed from essentially said that Led Zeppelin did not infringe upon the copyright of Randy California and the song Taurus. So this had been gone, going on for six years. They've been fighting this out in court. So, you know, the attorneys are getting rich off of that one. And uh, so, and here's the, here's the thing. Here was the court statement. Um, uh, uh, Francis Malafoy, who represented Wolf's estate, said on Monday that Led Zeppelin, quote, won a, on a technicality and said that the lawsuit had accomplished its goal. And this is this is the attorney for this guy who claims he, you know, that, that Led Zeppelin ripped off. He says, today the world knows that, one, Randy California wrote the introduction to Stairway to Heaven. Two, Led Zeppelin are the greatest art thieves of all time. And three, courts are as imperfect as rock stars. <laughs> 
that. So there's a lot of things imperfect, <laughs> like rock stars. So essentially, this guy who has has sued Led Zeppelin for six years, he lost, and he claims he lost it on a technicality, and and that the court system in the United States, uh, or that Led Zeppelin are art thieves. Okay. I'm telling you, you know, and what's crazy Not about that is mention the fact that they're beloved as a stairway to heaven. Yeah, but but okay, go back to the thing with with got to give it up. You know, I mean, you remember the the you know the song got to give it up, and then we had the song which was uh, who was it uh, was uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name uh, Robin Thicke, you know, uh, and and they lost that. They ended up paying money. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, and but that was. I, I didn't I didn't hear that myself. I mean, to me, you, you'd I, run I those songs. You run those songs back back to back, and I don't hear that one. You know, to me, it's like okay, got to give it up, and then the Robin Thicke. What's the name of that song? You know what I'm talking about. Um, it sort it has sort of that same vibe to it. But you know, once again, that's what you call genres of music. You could say that like like um, you know that the that the Rolling Stones, uh, a lot of the music they did sounded like the you know the early Rolling Stones and the early Beatles sounded the same because that was the style of music. It came out of England. It came out of you know the British invasion, and you had you know the Rolling Stones and and the Beatles and the Dave Clark Five and all these different groups. And then you know then you had the thing you know more recently where you had the thing with uh with uh, you know the grunge thing uh where you had kurt cobain and you know and, and everybody wanted to you know wear a plaid shirt and have scraggly long hair and and you know and and, and that's always and, attractive and the grunge rock thing you know i mean the seattle sound they called it so everybody was was you know imitating kurt cobain you know it's like okay that's just the way things are it's like disco you know once upon a time you know <laughs> you know, like what's the like, disco what's that and you know and like even like country music music i mean like and but look at like country music it's evolved so much it doesn't really sound like it used to anymore i mean like i i I really like jason aldean but there are a lot of people i haven't liked country music since the 80s oh man some of the The 80s were some good songs no some of the country stuff is really good jason uh, jason aldean there are a lot of country artists that i mean there are a lot of country fans that still do not like jason aldean you know why why it's like rock and roll it's power chords. You know what power chords are? I do not. Okay. Power chords are like, you know, we, you know, there's like, you, you know, it's just like the guy holds a card. Dong, and then it's, you know, like the, the, the well, like, for example, okay, Linkin Park. Linkin Park, a lot of the music has power chords in it, where if you watch the guitarist, the lead guitarist, he's not like doing all sorts of things like a Brad Paisley where he's going, he's just going like, you know, he's just one chord and he just holds it and sustains. Dong, that's a power chord. I just dropped my phone. Uh, anyway. Is uh, that a power phone? No, it's a broken phone. It's a phone that needs to be replaced. Anyway, Jason Aldean has been criticized. I mean, even even like 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 uh, 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 you know uh, some of the artists that are like some of the mainstream, like Brad Paisley, has criticized some of the newer groups. You know, and he's not you know he's not like an old dude or anything like that. You know, and I get it. Things change. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, things evolve. Music changes, just like Shelley and I. You know, when we came on the air over a year ago, we were funny. And now we're not. So things just <laughs> Oh, we were funny. You were snarky and mean. Seven forty three. Westplex one oh seven point one. Yes. Like you did on me. More wrong microphone there. Westplex one oh seven point one. It is BS in the morning. Had some technical problems here and I gotta remember to turn the right microphone on. Uh Shelly, 
Do you know? What, do you know what today is? You're not a sports fan, so you won't. It won't be a big deal to you. But you know what today is? Today is. 10-6-2020. But it's a 30th anniversary of a very wacky game in sports history. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's the Bocce ball? It's the 30th anniversary of, and if you ask most Mizzou fans, most Mizzou, Mizzou fans will remember this, the 30th anniversary of the Mizzou Tigers being beat by the California, uh, the Colorado Buffaloes on a fifth down. Now you're probably going like, well, no, hold on. In football, there's only four downs. Well, not in this game. There were five downs. And it's one of the games that that lives in infamy where the officials lost track of how many downs. Um, essentially, the uh, it was like the last of the fourth quarter. There were seconds were ticking down, and Colorado was behind 27 to, or was it? Yeah, yeah 27 to 31. Mizzou was winning. Looks like they're going to win the game. Colorado went all the way down to a couple, two, three yards within uh, their goal line. And fourth down play, the Colorado University uh, quarterback spikes the ball to stop the clock. The only problem was that was the fourth down. They line up and they run a play. And he does a quarterback sneak. And there's two controversies in that they claim that he never crossed the goal line. uh, But that was the fifth down. So after he spiked the ball on the fourth down, the game should have been over and Mizzou would have won because there was no time left. Well, actually, there was a couple seconds left, so they, they would, Mizzou would have gotten the ball back on their two-yard line and then being able to just, you know, just, you know, just take a knee and the game would have been over and they would have won. But no, they had five downs, and it's been one of the biggest controversies in college football in years. It was on this date, October sixth. 1990, believe it or not, 30 years ago, and the infamous uh, fifth down play. And the final of this, the game was 33-31, to 31, and uh, the Colorado Buffaloes beat the Mizzou Tigers. And it's to this day, if you talk to some old-time uh, you know, Mizzou fans, they'll, you know, back in 90, when we got ripped off against the Colorado Buffaloes, and it's gotten to be sort of an interesting little sidelight in college football history because I've heard other sports guys refer to it. You know, they referred, like when, when this station used to be a sports station, I heard one of the and CBS sports guys talk about like, well, that's like the fifth down in that Colorado Mizzou game. I'm going like, man, that's sort of an obscure reference, but yet it's been one of those things. And what was interesting about it was no instant replay. So they couldn't go back and, you know, if there would have been instant replay, they would have been able to go back and say, okay, here was the first down, here was the second down, here was the third down, and here was the fourth down. Game over. But instead, there was no instant replay. And what they attributed it to is the guy on the sideline that has the little sign that he flips, you know, the number first down. You know what I'm talking about. The guy, you know, the one of the officials has a little sign that has first, second, third, fourth. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. He forgot to flip it once. So in other words, they ran two plays and he, and he didn't, he flipped it once, but on the second play, he didn't flip it. So when the officials looked over, according to what they saw, it was only third down, but it was actually fourth down. So essentially they got five downs and the game was over and Colorado won. And then the crazy thing was the game wasn't over because they, because technically the clock had expired, but yet they were able to, they were supposed to be uh, kicking the extra, the extra point. So uh, the teams left the field 
were off the field for like 30, 45 minutes. The coaches, Mizzou, were jumping up and down, yelling and screaming at the officials. And then the officials said, well, you know what? The game's not over because we still have to have Colorado kick you know, the extra point. And the idea being is that if the Colorado would have kicked the extra point, and let's say it would have been if you know Mizzou would have like you know grabbed the ball for some fumbled and then run it back, then Mizzou would have won. So they go out on the field after like you know 45 minutes, the game was over. And then they go back out on the field. Fans, some of the fans are still there. They run the play, and instead of kicking the extra point, the Colorado quarterback just falls on the ball, and the game's over. But a game was already over. So anyway, one of those things. Well, that was. Interesting, Brad. Thank you for that. <laughs> you could kill us, right? <laughs> no, that's no, that's not true. It's, well, yeah, kind of. But it's true. It's but, one... but no, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, you did. You're just being nice to me this morning. You're probably. Am I ever just nice? I, to I heard. You? I heard you snoring for a minute there when when I was talking about that. But but you know, once again, it's one of those things. <laughs> where, and and I don't snore. You know, and and you know what? I'm actually a very quiet sleeper. The the whole the whole thing. Uh, Mizzou played uh, Tennessee. Um, this past week, uh, Saturday, and uh, Tennessee is this huge stadium. It's like I think it's like a hundred and ten thousand seats in the stadium, and I think they had fifteen thousand people there. Is this weird? And still, I've yet to have someone answer the question: Who gets to go and who get and who has to stay home? If if this if there's like let's say like the Mizzou Tigers, let's say there's. 20,000 seats that are sold as season tickets. In other words, people have tickets at a game, but they only let 10,000 people in. How do you know who, if you get in or not? You know what I'm saying? How do you know, you know, if if you're like, if your ticket's good, same thing, like with some of these, you know, some of these events where they're only allowing so many people in, you know, like, you know, uh, concerts and things like that. Well, they aren't really having the concerts. Geez, that new place out at Riverport, boy, that, that, that went down in flames, didn't it? What new place of a report? The new, the new uh, concert venue that never, that never, that well, opened up. It's like part of the uh, new hockey thing out there. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it, it was supposed to open this year. You know, they had, I think yeah. they had cash. Well, they never opened because of the, the coronavirus. I thought they were still having concerts. No, 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 no. Because well, that was, that was actually not part of my lawn pass for Live Nation. No, no, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about. Hollywood Casino. I'm talking about. There's a new concert venue, that's 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 if you. It's like across the highway. No, no. no. As you come into the casino, it's where the new Blues practice facility is. But the, one part of it is a concert facility now. It's not a big place. I I I realize that. It never. But I thought that they were still having. No, they never opened. They never had one concert there because of the coronavirus. They canceled that's everything. That's a shame. So, you know, and then it really is a shame. And the only thing they had out of Hollywood concert uh, uh, or Hollywood amphitheater was uh, three parking lot concerts. And and I don't think that went over too well because they didn't try to do that again. You know, they had Brad Paisley and they had what? uh, Did they have people there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they had Brad Paisley and they had uh, who else they had? They had the local group that does that that has the local group that does the um, the, what do you call it? The um, what do they do? They do, uh, and they had Nelly. They had Nelly because, see, remember? Don't you remember that there was a controversy? I would have went if it was Nelly. Well, but there was a controversy that some of the Rams players, or somebody was there, some of the, or no, Cardinals players, or somebody was there, and they claimed that that's where they got the coronavirus uh, from the Nelly concert. 
it, yeah, this whole thing's so messed up. I get, and I'm thinking to myself, it would God. have been if they would have stayed in their cars like they were supposed to. <laughs> what a screwy year! This whole stupid thing. You know, it has I'm, been. I'm just reading another story this morning on it CNN is. where they're tearing the president apart. You know, Luke, and because supposedly he shows up at the White House last night and he walks in the White House. And he takes off the mask, and apparently the, they had a film crew there that was filming for a campaign ad for him, and they didn't like the the thing, so they had him do it over again. <laughs> well, that's because he shouldn't have taken off the mask. No, no, they had him. They had him get back in the car, or whatever he was in, and they, oh, it's you know, you know, Mr. President, we didn't, we don't think we got a good take on that. Can you do it one more time? So he walks back and gets in the car. This is what they're claiming. I don't know if this is true or not, but they claim that you know that he had a camera crew there and they didn't like the the, the when he the original shot, you know, and then they made him do it over again. So he get, walks back into the car, gets out of the car, you know, turns around, looks at the camera, takes his mask off, and walks into the White House. And supposedly that's going to be like the new campaign ad: Donald Trump is not afraid of coronavirus. Look at this. Only days after getting it, he beat it in record fashion. He's a superhuman guy. Vote for him November 3rd. Don't vote for Donald Trump. Vote for Super Trump November 3rd. Yes, Super Trump. Super Trump. Super Trump. S to the T. (laughs) Yes. It's 802. Westplex 107.1. Cover me in daisies. I still don't get that song. You know, the only thing I can think of was daisies, you know, like, please don't eat the daisies. I don't know. Isn't that please don't, I don't understand please that. don't squeeze the Charmin? Yes, no, I miss him, Mr. Whipple. <laughs> Mr. Whipple, and you're, you're Rose dating yourself now. Or Madge, I don't, you know, with Palmolive. I don't think. Here, look at Mr. Whipple. I don't think he's been on TV. Unfortunately, the actor who played him, I think, is long since gone. But let's see. I think the last time that commercial was on TV was like back in the seventies, Mr. Whipple. Okay. Uh, here we goes. Mr. George Whipple, also known as George the Grocer, is a fictional supermarket manager featured in television commercials, radio, and print advertisings that ran in the United States and Canada from 64 to 85. Wow. It ran for 21 years for Charmin toilet paper. Typically, Whipple scolds customers who squeeze the Charmin while, while, while hypocritically entertaining such actions himself when he thinks no one will notice. The character and catchphrase were created by John Chervokas of the agency Benton and Bowles. The first commercial featuring Mr. Whipple set the tone of the advertising campaign, which Advertising Age designate as among the top 100 campaigns of the 20th century. Whipple is seen looking around the corner of the supermarket. Either he is at the checkout or stocking shelves at a female customer, commenting that first she is squeezing the tomatoes, then the melons, and then, in a classic comic triple, when she arrives at the Charmin, he cannot contain himself and approaches her, uttering the famous plea, please don't squeeze the Charmin. Charmin. Guy's name was Dick Wilson. Um... Oh, good, good, good grief. Get this. His, his stage name was Dick Wilson, but he was born in England in 1916, and his name is Ricardo Di Giugliablio, or something like that. Ricardo, R-I-C-C-A-R-D-O. His last name is spelled D-I, capital G-U-G-L-I-E-L-M-O. Di Giugliomo, Di Giugliomo, or something like that. He was born in England in 1916. He was a character actor who also appeared in many TV sitcoms during the 60s and 70s. Between 64 and 85, Wilson appeared as Whipple in more than 500 different commercials for Charmin. 500 of those. (laughs) 
unbelievable. No. no. But I do believe it. He, he was, you know, kind of beloved. Okay. As in, was Dave Sinclair. In some commercials, Mr. Whipple was accompanied by a stock boy named Jimmy, played by Adam Savage, known decades later for the television series Mythbusters. I didn't know that either. In the late, played <laughs> Adam Savage. Uh, in the late 1970s and early 1980s, a competing grocer named Mr. Hoffmeyer appealed in sh- appeared in Charmin commercials as well. However, Hoffmeyer encouraged his customers to squeeze the Charmin, and he scolded Whipple on his hypocrisy. <laughs> By the late 1980s, Mr. Whipple was encouraging customers who weren't buying Charmin to squeeze it. One commercial featured him using a fishing rod to replace the product in a skeptic shopping cart. In 1999, after a 14-year hiatus, Mr. Whipple returned in various Charmin commercials involving why he could not retire, with the answer being that he had to inform the public about Charmin. A later series of commercials featured him with the new slogan, Is Mr. Whipple Watching? In 2000, Procter & Gamble presented Wilson with a Lifetime Achievement Award on a subsequent advertising campaign began for Charmin that features Charmin Bears, a family of anthropomorphized, I can't ever say that word, anthropomorphized, Anthro, anthropo, anthropomorphized car, uh, cartoon bears. Wilson died of natural causes on December 19th, uh, 2007, the age of 91. Wow. Soon after, on November 28th, 2007, a new Charmin commercial debuted in television featuring old clips and paying tribute to Dick Wilson and Mr. Whipple. The tribute indicated that the deceased actor will be in our lives and our hearts forever. Wow. True. Interesting. Because now all they have is those stupid cartoon bears. I don't get that one either. And, <laughs> and you know what? I mean, what's... It's like, don't be a bear. Well, no, but... but just but, wipe your butt. Okay, so is it just me that because there's a <laughs> saying that, that you know, like if someone says, is that is that really true? You know, is it really true that, that if you drive down the highway like Shelly, you'll get a ticket? And the response is... Which is like you're asking the rhetorical question. Do bears <laughs> in the woods? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you think that's it? Oh, I know that's what it is. Because the bears are out in the woods. And they're I using, never got that. They're using bread. toilet that's paper. That's awesome. But, All I could think of was, okay, bears. Am I the only guy that picked up is on that? Bear, that's funny. Well, but remember the saying. People go, well, does a bear <laughs> in the woods? Yeah, I remember, woods? The, I you remember know what I mean? this saying. Right. People would say that. You know, like, hey, hey, is it really true that, 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 that you know, so-and-so, you know, and you, and you know, rhetorical question, does a bear in the woods? Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. You know, because. <laughs> Every day that we're on the air, I walk away with a golden nugget. Oh, that's a great one, too. We're about what bears do in the it's, woods. It's a little piece <laughs> Mr. of mind fodder Mr. that I will Whipple. keep in my Ms. noggin forever. So hold on. What was it again? 64 to 85? Was it the commercials ran? God. And, and you know what's crazy about that is? What's crazy about that is, is that you remember that it's Charmin, but... I remember because I grew up with it. I was born in '64, yeah, but, but the problem, and I was a mother by '83. But the problem is, so many of these commercials that, like everybody, I mean, for a while, God, you know, I've been around too long. You, at first, it was the positioning statements. You know, I remember way back when my boss made us read the book Positioning, whatever, and you know, the whole thing is about positioning statements. Okay, I get that. And then it was, I told the story about about you know about uh, Learfield Communications. It was like you had to have a, a corporate 
what was the thing? You had to have a mission statement. You know, you had to say, you know, and we are, are bound and determined to be the best possible company in the world and that our employees will be the most informed and our customers will be the most grateful and our stockholders were you know, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on and on. And then it was, you know, all the other crazy stuff that goes along with the advertising. But what's interesting about it is, is that um, I remember, I can't remember what radio station it was. It might have been on Frank Opinion. And he gave, he had 20 positioning statements from big companies. And he read this positioning statements and nobody knew what the company was. And these are things you've heard, you know, tens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of times. Name one. Do you remember one? Well, now, there were some of them that, that, that... people picked up on like for example fedex used to have the you know the commercial when it absolutely you just told me the answer no 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 but what i'm saying is there were a couple of them that people would pick up because they were very memorable like fedex was when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight okay that was one of their positioning then one of their when their slogans okay but yet okay. there were other things like you know the 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 quicker picker upper upper okay or whatever that's it is bounty okay you know that one but there was a whole list of them that nobody knew what they were and most of them were current campaigns that were still on the air at that very moment people because you know it's like it's like okay like for it's example people don't watch TV anymore the friendliest stores in town that's Snooks okay that's good okay uh, I'm trying to think of one uh, thank you and here's my address. Oh, Dave Sinclair. Uh, we own our building and a lot. Johnny Landau. Okay. See, now those are local ones that you pick up on. But these yeah. were national campaigns that they spent, you know, millions of dollars on. And people were like, but see, even to the point where, like, I remember I remember when I, I, I before, uh, I used, I'm, I'm like a guest lecturer, what you call it, at Logan College Chiropractic. And I go in there and I, well, every trimester, three times a year, I go in. You put the students to sleep. Yeah, I put the students to sleep. I did. No, but what was interesting was <laughs> most of those students there, I shouldn't say most of them, but a lot of the students, some classes, it was more than half, were not from the St. Louis area. So when I was giving yeah. references to St. Louis advertising, they were like clueless. They just had no idea what I was talking about. Because I was, you know, somebody would say, well, give an example of that. And I go, well, it's like, you know, Johnny Londoff. And people would go like, who's Johnny Londoff? You know, because of the fact they weren't from St. Louis. They were from somewhere else. So they didn't know who Johnny Londoff was. You know, and, and even to the point where, where uh, you know, companies in St. Louis have been around for a long time. Like, like okay, Emos. What's, and here I'll go backwards. What's, what's the Emos? Square Beyond Compare. Okay. Once again, that's a good one. I mean, you know, people remember that. But I'll have to see if I can find this list. It was pretty funny because it was, maybe I'll do this tomorrow. I'll find the list and, and just read them to you and say, okay, what's, who's this? Who's that? You know, and, and once again, it's to the point where I say this when I deal with advertisers. I say, you know, the most important thing that people should remember nowadays is your web address. And they look at me, they go, what? Web address? Why would I? Because that's where everything is. Matter of fact, I read an interesting article uh, over the weekend that a lady who uh, does a lot of uh, uh, you know, uh, writing for websites and things like that, she says the most important page on any website is the about page. Now, when you go to a website, do you click on the about page? I do. You do? Yes, I do. Is that pretty much, I mean, pretty much if you're finding out something about a company, you say, hey, you should go, you know, look at this website. Do you always look at the about page? 
I do. Okay. Well, then maybe she's right. She's saying that, that the about page should be your best written page on your website. It should be, it shouldn't go on for 42 pages. It should be, you know, short, succinct, and it should have some, some memorable parts of it. You know, like not like we're the best company, the West of the Mississippi, and we believe that every customer has 10 toes and 10 fingers. You know, it's like, okay, what the heck is this? This is stupid. You know, but she says that that's where you should really polish your writing skills. And she actually teaches, of course, she teaches a course on about how to do, you know, it's 199 bucks, how to do the about page. But, you know, like, for example, remember the person who shall remain nameless, who, you know, you know who I'm talking about in a minute, who does not have a radio person, who does not have a web page, does not have, have, um, and, and he relies solely upon his broadcasts on on um, Facebook Live, and even to the point where he doesn't even re- <laughs> he, do- he doesn't even record his shows. And he told yeah. me this, and I went, "What? You don't record your shows? Oh no, it's on Facebook Live." When I get done with Facebook Live, I go, "Okay, so let's say one day um, you somebody- can save that Facebook Live to your to your hard drive on your tablet." But he doesn't. He's- well, that's his bad. Well, <laughs> once again. You know, I mean, like, what do I tell people? Because I'm, I'm telling you, if, if we didn't have the podcast, I would never know what I said. Well, but the point being is that we record What's all of our point? shows. We record all of our shows, and then I turn it into a podcast, okay? But yes. I've got the entire show that I save. So, And part of that is so that if somebody calls up and says, you made fun of my grandmother this morning at 6.02 this morning, I go, first off, we weren't on here at 6.02. Second off, I don't even know who you are. Third off, I didn't make fun of anybody's grandma this morning. We can play the tape and essentially say, hey, this is the show. This is it. I don't know what he heard, but this is what we actually said. You know, but I mean, not necessarily for legal protection, but if we go back and sometimes, sometimes clients... Will hear us talking about it, and they'll go like, "Can you send me what you said?" Yeah, fine. So we just chop it up and send it to them, and then they go like, "Well, they talked about me on the air this morning," you know. But the idea being is, it's content, and if you believe in people like Gary Vee and things like that, they said the most important thing to do is produce content and save it, and more importantly, repurpose it. In other words, if you're doing a radio show, you turn it into a podcast, which is what we do. And yes. then, and then I haven't been real good at this, but I also I used to be very good at this. I've gotten lazy. Then I also turn it into a YouTube video. So I take the podcast and I turn it into a YouTube video. So that way, our show is not only as a podcast; it's also as a YouTube video. And I put the podcast right now. If you go to bsinthemorning.show, you'll see all our podcasts right there. If you go to, I think I put it on Westplex 107.1 as well too. You see all our pod, our our podcasts right there. And I used to have it where I used to put the videos up as well too. So I'm repurposing the content. So I'm taking one thing that we did and turning it into three, four, five different things. And that's why this other guy, who shall remain nameless, who now hates me and won't talk to me. <laughs> I don't think that's completely accurate, but oh, go on. Well, he hates me. He won't talk to me. So, cause, cause, you don't need to say. Okay. Just whatever. move on. Okay, we're done. Okay, talk to you tomorrow. 824, everybody. Have a great day. It's going to be, what, what is it? Thank God it's Tuesday. No, sap, so happy it's Tuesday. S-H-I. Oh, so happy it's yeah, Tuesday. There we go. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. 824. This is Brad and Shelley. Peace.